James chapter 4, please. James chapter 4 in your Bibles. Give me just, just a skosh more light up here, will you? Uh, Brother Luke, appreciate it. That's good right there. Thank you. These eyes aren't what they used to be. James 4, verse number 1, and we'll read uh, down through verse number 10. James 4, 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war. You see the next phrase? Yet ye have because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss. That ye may consume it upon your own lust, ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Let me read that again. Do you think that the scriptures saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace. Where, wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, a double-minded, be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And read this last phrase with me. And he shall lift you up. Heavenly Father, bless now the message. I pray, Father, we'd be challenged. We'd be convicted. And, Father, we would understand who we are as people. And the basics of what drives us in the flesh and how God offers us grace to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh and gives us the power. Father, I pray that we would uh, take the message to heart and respond to it wherever the need may be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 4, from whence come wars and fightings among you. They come not from thence, even of the lust that war in your members. Boy, we got a fight going on in our bodies, don't we? It's a constant fight. You'll never, you'll never not have it. It will always be present in you. You will have to fight. And God says here that he gives more grace, but we have to, we have to access the grace if we're not, if we can win this fight. There's within the heart of man a thirst for power and authority. Lustful desires exclude prayer. You hear the word? Exclude. Lustful desires exclude prayer. God is not your desire. It's in the heart of man. When we look at our politicians, we look at our government, and we find so often that it becomes very, very crystal clear to us 
that their desire is not the people of the United States. It's not trying to figure out what can we do to help the people. What is so often happening in our government and in the hearts of man, but in our government, is that there's so much concern about the next election and whether or not we're going to win. And all of, the, all of the energy goes into the next election, it seems, before we even get the election over. It's all about the, the next election, right? We get our power back. Let me give you a little clue. God has the power. Do your due diligence. You know, go vote. Uh, it, it's, it's staggering the number of Christians that don't vote. It's staggering. The percentage, I, I don't remember it, but somebody here in the church told me. It's a staggering number of people that, that just don't vote that are Christians. And then we wring our hands. Well, I mean, you've got to do your due diligence if we're, if we're going to, I mean, you, you take responsibility. Well, it's a, I don't think I can think of the story quite accurately, but I think you know the story. The guy's stranded on, a, on an island, right? And he's crying out to God, save me, save me, send me some help. And so a guy comes in with a, a boat and, and uh, hey, you want to go with me? No, I'm waiting for God to save me. Well, somebody else comes in with a helicopter. You, why don't you get on? Oh, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. The guy eventually dies on the island, right? Gets to heaven, he's like, Lord, why didn't you save me? Well, I sent you an airplane, sent you a helicopter, sent you a boat, and you never got on. Boy, you got to get down there and you got to vote. I mean, you can't, just, you can't just say, wring my hands, well, God save us. No, no, do your due diligence as a citizen to do what you're supposed to do. My goodness, what, are we as Christians going to get to heaven and say, man, I, I, I wanted the one, I was prepared the one, but you, you guys didn't show up. Heard recently from a politician. Uh, a story a politician said, and it was, uh, it was about the local school situation. And so when a Christian had come to him and said, well, I was really disappointed. Um, let me think for a moment. But it was something that directly impacted us as Christians. And so it was, it was on, the, on, the, on the docket, or he was having a meeting about it in the school, and there was going to be a change in the school. And the Christian came in, and he said, well, I, I can't believe you did this in the school. And he said, well, I had a meeting, and I assumed that the Christians would show up, and, and this wouldn't have happened. But nobody did. The, the principal thought that it surely would be defeated. But the Christians didn't show up. Christians, we have to be engaged. We can complain about our government, but let's, 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 let's pray, all right? We can whine about it, but let's, let's pray. Their, their, their desires and their lust often are not, not of the right nature. There's lust for power, and we see that as they take office and more consumed with their own power and lusting after more and more power and more and more elections. We got people, we got people in the government uh, that are so old that it's unbelievable how long they've been in office. And uh, it's just amazing. And, wh and why does it seem that they keep going back and back and back? They cannot bring themselves to give up the power that they have. They can't, they can't bring themselves to it. They, they're so engaged in it. We used to talk about term limitations. Remember that back, back many years ago? We don't talk about that anymore. You pray, what are you, what are you praying for? To gain, gain advantage over their enemies. Praying for advantage. Challenging authority and leadership. Politicians, 
bosses, teachers, all kinds of different authorities in your life that you should be praying for. All these God-placed authorities block their lust for power at times. Is that your desire of your prayers? Their prayers are not for spiritual gain, but for power. What is, what is that? That's the natural man. I want to take things into my hands so I can control the outcome. I want the power. I want the authority. Let me tell you something. You don't want the power. I promise you. You don't sleep when you have the power. You don't want it. You have the responsibility. We had a meeting what a week ago. How much sleep do you think I got? You don't want that power. You don't want that authority. If God wanted you to have it, he'd give it to you. But be careful about what you desire for, Christians. You want power. You want authority. That is not of God. You know what God has for you? God gives you grace to have humility, not power. Their prayers are not for spiritual gifts, but for power. Their heart is given to pride, vanity, and sensuality. We live in a nation that is following these things, and believers don't get caught up in it. That is not what we're called to. We're called to follow Christ. And the spiritual gain that we get is what God gives us. And the power we have is the power of God. It's not the power of men. It's a whole different thing. Their heart is given to pride, vanity, sensuality. People long for position. To satisfy their own lust, not serve Almighty God. It's not something that you long for. It's something that God will give you as he sees fit. It's amazing how people long for power, and then sometimes I, uh, they, they have all kinds of things they want and opportunities, but then they miss opportunities. I've, I've seen it when I was working in the workplace. The, the amazing things that employees will do just in assumption that they're hurting the authorities and the management and the company. They, 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 they so resist what the company's trying to do sometimes. Uh, working for UPS, it was a Teamsters outfit, right? It still is. But can I tell you something? It's amazing things. The company would, would you know, obviously you're trying to stay in business, right? You're trying to make money. That's the point. And so you can pay your employees and, and you can make money. But it's amazing to me how the company would come up with something new that they would propose. And a couple of times things happened. I remember one time we had a whole new, uh, a whole new idea. We, never, we were always hours, hourly employees. And they offered and they brought in some mileage jobs. Not the majority, but they brought in some mileage. In other words, you're, you're traveling and you're getting paid by the mile rather than by the hour. Well, we'd always been hourly employees. And, and they, weren't they weren't, according to the contract, they couldn't change. If it was an hourly job, they could not change it to mileage. They could only add new jobs that would be mileage. And I would tell you, it's an amazing thing. Automatically, because the company wanted it, Matt, guess what? Everybody's against it. Everybody's against it. Because it was a bad idea? No. It wasn't a bad idea. It was a competitive idea. I had come out of delivery, so when I came in and started driving semis, I lost all my seniority. Not company seniority. All my vacations, all that stood, but I lost my seniority on the job, right? So I'm at the bottom. 
It was amazing as the years rolled on. I did that for 25 years. As the years rolled on, you know, obviously I'm moving up little by little. Brother Don, guess what? Those mileage jobs came in. Man, I've been working the worst shifts all this time, right? Because I'm towards the bottom. I'm working all these bad shifts. And then they got the mileage runs in. And automatically all the top seniority guys, guess what they did? Man, I ain't doing that. I ain't going to do that. Man, you know, I, I had to get up early in the morning. I think the, 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 the latest I was ever to get up was uh, 3.45 uh, as far as my shift was concerned. So I had to get up early, drove to Chicago. And, but my shift started around 5, 5.30. I mean, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. You know why I got it? Because rebellion against authority. All the seniority drivers wouldn't do it. And it was just, it was, it was just the best job ever from that point on. And if they had ever realized how much money I was making, they would have passed out. And I was doing it about, five, about three hours a day less time than they were because they all wanted 12 hours. And if you worked, if you worked 12 hours, Don, if you were on the clock, you had to take an hour lunch. So now they're 13 hours, right? But mileage drivers, you didn't have to take a lunch. You just zip, zip back. I'm making nine hours a day. They're making what they're making, working 13 hours a day. What is it? The rebellion of heart. I'm not going to let anybody tell me what to do. I'm not going to follow authority. I'm gonna, I just, I'm going to do my way. Man, it was the best thing in the world for me. They did it their way. I was picking up my son at school at 3.30. It's a beautiful thing. You, you know, you, you take a kid, you put him in the nursery. And, you, you know, this child will go over and they'll pick up a toy. And they'll be over there playing with this toy. Guess what will happen? Another child's going to come over and grab that toy away from him. What is it? It's, it's not the toy. The toy was always sitting there. But when another kid got the toy, what is it? That's lust to envy, right? That's the nature of man. I, I, I want that. I want that authority. I want that. I want this toy because you have it. When I was, a, I, I believe, in the eighth or ninth grade, and we, we had a, a lot of, Oh, what I would say, they, they, were, they were good kids, but they were, they were relatively, they were athletic. We had a couple guys in our youth department in Marysville that, that were literally just great running backs for our high school football team. And they were popular guys, and, and we had young ladies that were popular ladies at school. And so I'm going, to, we're a youth department, right? And so they come to the, they, we, they went to elect a president of, of the, the, the youth group, right? So... Somebody, uh, I forget who, the, the youth pastor or whatever. So they were nominating people. So somebody said, well, I'm nominating so-and-so. Of course, it started with the popular people. And so the first popular person said, I respectfully decline. So then the next popular person, guess what they did? Oh, I respectfully decline. Oh, this just kept going on and on, Don. Worked our way through all the popular kids. I'm in the eighth grade. So finally, it got down to the bottom, of the, the bottom of the road, right? There's just a few of us left. So somebody goes, I nominate Tim McCurdy. I said, I respectfully accept. I was a president of the youth department. And guess what? Guess what happened? All the popular kids, all of a sudden, guess what they're doing? They're like, oh, I, <laughs> you should have said yes. That's been my life. God has opened doors, and I say yes. Amen? 
And that's, that's honestly, I, I, everything that's happened in my life has not been something I sought. It's something that somebody came to me and said, would you do this? And, and I've just, I've had so many opportunities in life just saying yes. As I told you at work, just what was it, looking at it and saying, boy, this is great. Don't automatically just go against authority. They might know things you don't know. You might be surprised. They might really know what they're talking about. Don't automatically just assume that authority, because that's the natural. We lust for these things in ourselves. We lose our desire to serve people. People long for position, and they should be longing to serve. They have one desire, fulfill their own lust. That's what God says. Lust to envy, or envy to lust. Those, you can say it either way. Pride is replaced humility. Don't let pride replace your humility. The thing as a believer that we have is humility that God gives us. Don't lose your humility. Keep your humility. You know what they say about humility? It looks good on what? Everyone. Arrogance looks good on no one. God resisteth what? The proud. And giveth grace to the humble. James 4.3 says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Are your prayers getting answered? If they're not getting answered, what is the motive behind your prayer? Personal gain? What's your motive? Or is your, is your desire, are you coming to the Lord in humility and asking for things that are not amiss, but they're things that will be for others? Are you praying just about your own, your own goodness and your own, I hope everything goes well for me. Hope I get the things I want. Hope, I get the, hope my kids get the things I want. All these things, my, 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 and we should be praying for one another in humility and asking God for our things that we desire, certainly. But our desire is not for those things. It's our desire is to be humble before the Lord and asking for those things that God wants us to have, not things that we're going to be consuming upon our own lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? You don't want to be a friend. These things in your life are not the things you want to become friends with. The natural instincts of your life are not to be your friends. Your friend is supposed to be God. And if all these things are the things you're seeking and desiring you like to have in your life, those are the things that God doesn't want you to have. Because if he wanted you to have it, he would give it to you. Amen? The more position you get, the more you should be in prayer. You don't get, you don't get prayer. Should, if you're in position, prayer should be the number one thing in your life. You should be praying more. You don't, you don't pray to get position. You pray and position comes to you. So that's one of the things that we need to do as believers is be very careful about the humility that we come with Christ. Positional prayers are just feeding our own flesh. All of these prayers are worldly thinking. The world says take care of number one. God says live for others. Amen? Live for others. What's the golden rule? Do unto others. You would have them do unto you. 
That's, our, that's, that's what believers are. Verse 5 says, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. It's exactly what it does, and we all know it. We all feel it. We all fall prey to it. None of us are above it. Verse number 6 says, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble, but he giveth more grace. I'm running out of time here. You're looking at your life and you feel like you've got insurmountable problems in your life that you just have a hard time to face. He giveth more grace. You feel like you just, Pastor, it just, it just, it just day in, day out, month in, month out, I've, I've got insurmountable problems that I, I can't figure out, I can't fix. I just, I just have to face them every day. He giveth more grace. Your world is crashing in on you. There's a lot of people in that position. Your world's crashing in. I'm sure if I gave everybody here a piece of paper and said, how many people do you know? Write down the names of people you know their world is crashing in on them. We'd all have a list. He giveth more grace. Pastor, my heart is breaking. There's many, many. You're not alone. But he giveth more grace for the brokenhearted. You may carry a broken heart for many, many years. And you always have the Lord in those days giving you grace. Broken hearts don't just disappear overnight. Sometimes it takes years. Brother Wilbur, it's been over five years now, isn't it? He lost your precious wife. It takes a long time. It takes a long time to get that to where you feel like your life has found some normalcy once again because of tremendous loss. But he keeps giving you grace day by day. Health failing, older saints, he giveth more grace. Suffering disappointments in your life. A lot of people like that. Many disappointments. He giveth more grace. God gives us grace. Let's endear that. Let's get our prayers answered. Let's pray the right prayers. Our country's in trouble. Don't spend all your time praying that the politicians you're against fail. Um, we, we need help in our country. We need God's intervention. We need God to do some miracles in our country. Who's, who's in office, honestly, does not have the answer? And I know there's all kinds of doctors on TV, and I've seen them, and, and you know, I, I get it, right? But who's going to stop COVID? You know, we can criticize it, we can say whatever we want, but I mean, this, this, is, this is a problem that obviously, if they could solve it, they would. But they can't. We need God. 
quit, let's, let's quit, quit playing, praying that everybody's going to fail. No, 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 no. Let, let's pray that God would bring healing to our country and they'd bring us the solution. Amen. You know, because man doesn't have the answer. And let's pray that people would start thinking that I need to turn to God during this time of just fear. I mean, many people are, are living in fear. That, I mean, that is not an exaggeration. I mean, it's, it's, it's staggering how many people are afraid. You know why they're afraid? Because they're afraid of death. Right? At the end of the day, they're afraid they're going to die. And this, this, this illness, this COVID has brought all of us to the realization that it, it seems to pick and choose. It doesn't seem to have any consistency to it. We are out of control. Skip the politicians. Let's, let's, let's pray that God would give them wisdom so that we can receive help. Sometimes we just feel like we, we are always desiring failure. Let's, let's desire, and you know, and your candidate gets in and, and you're, boy, boy, you really meant God bless him, God give us, you know, and then, you know, then, then you quit praying. I don't care who's in office, pray for them and ask God to give them wisdom to guide our country. That's what we need. And if we think this guy or that guy is going to bring all the solutions, I mean, we can see right now, nobody got a solution. Boy, we got a lot of people that can criticize those that don't have solutions. And that's, that's the joy of this thing, right? The criticism. Getting a chance to criticize those that we hope fail. Well, we need help. Let's pray for that. Let's don't be always praying that, that those that are, have power will fail. Someday you might be in power. God may put you in a position. Guess what? You, you want people praying for you. Believe you me. You don't want to pull it against you. You want to be for you. Let's be very, very careful as believers. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war and yet you have not. Because you ask not. You ask and receive not. Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. The friend of the world, just this comment. It's amazing that people that will fall into the deepest, darkest holes and pits of sin. And you know what their answer to you will be? Oh, God loves me. God loves me. But the answer that they're giving you is cover, they're covering their sin, their friendship, they're friends with the world, they're in the world, they're doing the way of the world, and the world has sucked them in as destroying their lives. But you understand, it's, and it's, not, it's not an answer of truth. God loves us, yes. But it's, the answer, it's their cover answer. It's their excuse answer for their behavior. It doesn't matter what I do. God loves me. If you're a friend of the world, what does the scripture say? You're the enemy of God. You're the enemy. You're, 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 not, you're not the friend of God. You're the enemy of God. Be careful. You just think, well, it doesn't matter what I do. God loves me. Yes, he does. Big picture. But as a believer, you're making God your enemy. As a non-believer, you're making God your enemy. Don't be friends with the world. You be friends with Christ. You be friends with Christians. It doesn't mean you don't have people that you work with that you are friendly with and you're friends with, but probably going to the bar with them after work 
is probably not a good idea. Go, go home and be with your wife and kids. <laughs>